Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. And I've been talking with Mike, a good friend who's a missionary down in Venezuela, in the jungles of Venezuela, and loves uh, the life that he has down in the people there. And that, that is the key factor. You love God, you love people, regardless of the culture you're in, regardless of the place you're in, and God begins to use you in a very significant way. And, and it's so obvious. And I appreciate you taking the time to share with those listeners. And hopefully they'll uh, go back and listen to the podcast. By the end of this one, I want to give an address again where they can go and get some more books uh, if they want some of the books you, you've written. And, and really encourage people, if they want to support a work in another country, this is a great one to consider. So we'll see if we can't get you connected. If nothing else, you can contact me and I'll get you in contact with them. Uh, down there and we'll see what we can do. But there's a couple of things culturally I'd love for your perspective on. Uh, one of the things is in our nation, we keep talking about uh, abortion. We keep talking about babies that, you know, aren't really people. And, and we talk about women's health issues and we distort all the terms to me. We distort the idea of choice. Mm. It's like, look, you have choice regardless of what people are doing to you. So don't even use that word. And, and, you know, so I'm pro-life. Well, you know, what does that actually mean? Uh, but when I was listening to Shufoot, who was perspective-wise, you have to tell us who he was again. Okay. Um, the, the stories he told when he was not a believer about what he tried to do with babies is just interesting. Could you? Yeah. Um, the the Yanomama, their, their witch doctors are at different levels. And for some, for some reason the highest level that a witch doctor can attain to is called ihiluwarewa, a child eater. That's, that's, that's a literal... Boy, you trans- know, that's, that's pretty disturbing. That's, that's, a, that's a literal translation. But be, be, what that means is he has attained to the, to the level in the spirit world where he can provide his demons with the blood of, of children. By killing it by killing a child wow and he can go to different villages and he, he he told us he said many times I would even while while I was supposed to be healing a child I would be secretly strangling or secretly killing that that baby for my demon bloodthirsty demon spirits oh my goodness and and uh, he it was it was it was quite graphic and but the one thing that really comes to my mind when I when I think about the abortion issue, is uh, I remember in 2016 listening to the debate between uh, President Donald Trump and uh, and Hillary Clinton. She was not only defending late-term abortions, but she was proudly defending late-term abortions. And it brought to mind um, something that I had observed when I was just probably, I was probably 13 years old, maybe I'm not sure exactly how old, but right around that, sure. that age group. And, and uh, this, these visitor people came into our village, and this one visitor lady, obviously big pregnant, came in and, and whispered to my mom that if the baby that she was carrying was a girl, her husband was going to make her kill it. Really? And ma- yeah, and mom was shocked. And, and she said, no, your husband's not going to make you kill your baby. It's his baby. No, but we already have four girls, she said. She said, "Many girls." The yeah, mom counting system is one, two, and many. Oh, okay. So she raises four fingers. She said, "We already have many, many daughters, and my husband doesn't want doesn't want another one. So if it's a if it's a, a girl, I have to kill it." Well, mom wasn't really convinced that she was telling the truth and whatever. A couple of days later, these women came into her house from our village, 
And and they came in and they said, uh, me and Amy, that's what they call my mom. They said, uh, me and Amy, uh, the lady had her baby and and uh, she, she, she killed it out in the jungle. Wow. Because they just go out by themselves into the jungle to have their, to birth their young. And mom was horrified. She was shocked. She said, why didn't one of you all take it? They said, we already have babies. We can't take care of another one. And mom was just shocked that, that they would do that. So, but about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, two ladies came running back into our house and they said, me and Amy, the baby is still alive. We heard it crying out in the jungle. And mom said, why didn't you all bring it in? Bring, why didn't you pick it up? They said, we already have babies. We couldn't take care of it. So mom said, well, show me where it is. So I remember tagging along behind her, my, myself and a few of our other of our siblings tagged along behind mom as she went into the jungle and found that little bloody baby and it was covered with ants. Um, uh, the, evidently the lady, when she birthed the baby, had put a uh, vine around its neck and pulled it tight and thrown the baby down. And the, the uh, jar, when it hit the, gr the ground, must have of jostled the vine loose right. because there were, there was the vine was still limply tied around the little neck and it was all bloody where where the vine had cut into the soft skin sure. of the baby and <coughs> excuse me the 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 baby was just a mess mom gently took it up began to peel the ants off of it and just uh, took it home and long story short the baby was adopted by a missionary couple a childless missionary couple and I remember mom coming back to the United States and telling about that, that story. And I remember the people's response. They were saying, what savages, what savages would do that to, to their own baby? And I had to agree with them. And it bothered me that I was agreeing with them because I love the Yanomama people. I love their culture. So much of their culture, I just really get into it. And it's, it's fascinating to me and I, I love it. But I had to agree that was savage. That yeah. was about the most savage thing I, you could even think of that you could so very callously tie a vine around your little baby, throw it, newborn baby, throw it into the dirt of the, of the jungle floor and, and, and walk home. Wow. Um, but then when you look at what late-term abortion is here in this United States, boy, the Yanomama know nothing about being savage. Uh, our culture and our medical profession has gone way past anything, anything the Yanomama have ever envisioned when it comes to abortion. And the funny thing was, in 2016, right after that debate, when I heard that, I wrote up a whole thing and, and put it out to my, my, my group on, on MailChimp. Right. And they, they closed my account down. For, did they really? They did. They closed my account down. They told me that so many people had unsubscribed that, uh, that they, they, they just froze my account because there were so many people unsubscribing. And, and was that true? No, I, I did not I believe that was true. I would subscribe because of that. Right, I did not believe it was true. So my brother is a computer whiz. So I asked him to look at it. And he said, no, no, no. He said, they, they, they just froze you down. They unsubscribed everybody. And so uh, anyway, that's just, it's just a, a, another wrinkle of how censorship comes in and, and uh, and it just it just gets in, but it was that that aspect of of how our country uh, this was probably in 1967, let's say 60 68 maybe sure. that that my mom found that baby in the in the jungle floor, 
And so from that day when they were they were considered savages to now uh, abortion in its most horrendous forms is not only defended, but proudly defended. Oh, man. And to talk about it as in, a, in a positive light. Now, now um, Shoefoot, uh, not only are supposed to, to get babies, I remember him telling a story about how he tried to get the baby's souls before they went to the yes. enemy god. Yes. Is that, tell us that. I mean, w- w- what was his See, perspective on that? With the Yanawama, no death is, is, is natural. And so every death has to be avenged. The only, the only exception to that are the very young and the very old. Okay. And they believe that the very young die because the supreme being, this Yaiwano Nabodeva, this enemy god, comes, sends his beings down, and they steal the soul of that, that, that young baby and, or young child and take it up to be with him in, in, in his, his land. And the shamans believe that if they can, if they in the spirit world can, can take after these beings sent by, by the supreme being, by Yaiwano Nabodeva, the enemy god, if they can, can give chase and catch those beings with that soul of that, that little baby, they can bring it back and restore the child to life. Hmm. That's what that's what they believe, and so so they will make horrendous fights in the spirit world, and it really is interesting. Now that person is lying there in a trance in the floor, but the different things that he's saying, the different things that he's gyrations he's making as he's as he as he comes face to face finally with that light, that unapproachable light, and then the noise of these Aiboshokori, the angels singing, is just unreal. And he, like I said, he's He's lying there in a stupor, in a drug-induced stupor, but his yeah. body is going through that, this stuff. It's, it's, it's really quite fascinating. But again, it just shows a level of truth and knowledge. Now, it's twisted. Satan has twisted it sure. for his own, for his own uh, means. But uh, David, at the death of his young infant son, right. he said when, when his, his, his servants were so surprised that after the baby was dead, David got up and took a bath, changed his clothes, and asked for something to eat. And they said, what is going on? While the baby was still alive, you just, you know, you're sitting here in sackcloth and ashes, refusing to eat. Now the baby's dead and you're, you're fine. Yeah. He said, well, he said, when the baby was still alive, I thought that maybe God would have mercy and restore the child. But now the baby has, has been taken to be with God. I can, the baby can no longer come back to me, but I will one day go to be with the baby. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm content with that. Yeah. So, so like I said, it's just another indication of the Yanomama having a knowledge of, of spiritual things that, that is, is not of themselves. You know, we're told in the Bible that God, God has placed eternity in the hearts of men. And it's so evident with the Yanomama so many times. So very, very evident. Yeah. You know, it's interesting as, as um, Shufoot had told that story. And for those that, that are lost a little bit, the enemy God was God. Amen. To, at that point. Amen. He didn't know that that was really the loving God. He thought that was the enemy God. Right. And so these babies were taken by God. Yes. And he was trying to stop it. Yes. And I thought, I don't know how many young couples I have comforted with the idea, not only with David in the scriptures, but the idea of what Shufoot saw. Right. And the idea that, you know what, let, let's trust that God loves people. Let's trust yeah. that he cares. Yeah. Yeah. And let's trust who God is. And, 
And when a child dies like that, a baby dies, Yeah. let's trust that God will do what's right. Yeah. You know, we, uh, Dave, I, I know you know my, my wife and I, uh, my I remarried, and, and that's a little bit of a funny story with me remarrying sure. Kayla. But um, we, we lost a daughter. She was almost six years old. Hmm. And I was back here in the United States for our, uh, for our uh, annual board meeting, mission board meeting. And I left the jungle on the 10th. And on the 12th at about 1.30 a.m. she got sick. 9 a.m. that same day she went unconscious. And by 2 p.m. she died. Wow. And when I got word in the United States, I was devastated, obviously, and tried to get back to the United States. And a long, long story, and I don't have time to go into all the details, but I detail that, this whole story in my second book called I Can See the Shore. Mm. Because um, as I'm traveling back, trying to get back to my family in the jungle, um, my greatest worry... I remember this so clear. My greatest worry was we had a, a three-year-old daughter, our youngest daughter. Uh, she's here at Nicolay. She'll be at sure. Nicolay this year. Yep. And she was, you know, she had, whenever she woke up from a nap, from any time, whenever she was separated from Michaela, her older sister, she just went, she was un, unstoppable. Right. She, her only question was, where's Michaela? Where's Michaela? Where's Michaela? And so I'm telling the Lord, I said, God, how can I go through the next, I don't know how many years, with that little girl asking me where Michaela is? I said, I just, I can't face that. You know, um, uh, you know, I, I, we need help. And and we finally made it back to the jungle. We, we, uh, we, uh, we had the funeral, and I came back home after the funeral there in the jungle. And I was sitting at my desk, not trying to do anything, just kind of sitting there. I have to admit it, just mostly just in shock. And Mia came in and sat in Michaela's little rocking chair that was right beside my desk. And she's rocking to herself back and forth. And as she's rocking, she's just talking. And she said, yeah, this is, this is Michaela's little rocking chair. And she was sitting in it. And she, Uncle Gary came and prayed for her. And uh, she said, then, then God sent his people to, uh, to take him up to her, to up to him. Wow. And uh, I said, I got down on my knees beside her. I said, what? What did you say, Mia? And she said, yeah, Daddy. She said, um, God sent his people to take Michaela. Mm. And uh, she told me not to cry. And she told me that she was going to be with Jesus. And uh, she, from that day, to, she has never, ever asked, where's Michaela? Wow. She's always known. She did ask me one time a couple years later. She said, uh, Daddy, why did, why, did, why did Jesus have to take my, my sister? Why did Jesus have to take Michaela? I said, I don't know, honey. Maybe he needed help doing something. We'll know one day. I said, I don't know. I don't know why he had to take her. But uh, she said, you think maybe like his room got messy and he needed somebody to clean it up? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, you yeah. know? But um, we serve an awesome God. We do. We serve an awesome God. And because of the verse that God had so personally given me at the death of my first wife, that I know the plans I have for you. 
we could we could deal with it and we could deal with Michaela's death and not in an easy way don't get me don't get me wrong I'm not trying to be flippant it was extremely difficult but yet we knew that God does all things well right and we know that he has plans for us and you know you have to stop and think well how do you know that well the apostle Paul gave us a key we walk by faith not by sight absolutely so uh, that's what it, that's what it comes down to. You know, you can't trust in the circumstances of life. You have to trust no. in God. No. And and really, years ago, guys came to me and said, you know, I have narcolepsy, which is a disease that is not treatable, really. I mean, you could take symptom medicine, but it can, you can't fix it. And they've said, well, if you had more faith. And I, I remember talking to them and saying, you know, yes and no. It's really not about my faith. It's about God's faithfulness. Amen. Amen. I believe that and with all my heart. It, I need to understand that I don't understand, and I'll be okay. He knows how to bring me through this, and I get to be an ambassador for him a little clearer because of this disease. Yeah. So really, do I want to be healed? I think I do. But I know that God could do it by just a glancing thought. Yeah. Yeah. But he didn't, and he hasn't. So I trust in him, not in my faith, to change anything. I think we elevate ourselves so much thinking, you know, if I did better, if I had more faith, if I, if I prayed 18 times a day rather than 17, then maybe God would do this. No, it's not yeah. about us. Yeah, It's I agree. really about him. I agree. Um, you know, so much becomes about us. In our country, too, you, you have uh, seen a different perspective on this thing we call Pokemon in our country. And um, it, Pokemon is still a popular thing in the United States. It's beyond me. I'm, I'm older. I could care less, <laughs> honestly. It looks like goofy characters on a card. Uh, and I don't even know what they do with it anymore. But I, I do see it still uh, being advertised at huh. places. Wow. And, um, and really, it's kind of invaded places. Could you tell us your your introduction to Pokemon and that story. Yeah, I, as being being back up in the jungle, and when I say back up in the jungle, we are about 300 miles away from the nearest town as a crow flies. So we're a long, long ways back in the jungle. So I had never heard of Pokemon and couldn't care less, to be honest. Right. And, and we were up in the jungle and the plane flew in and brought a package from this church in Illinois. And they said, uh, and I, you know, when you're back way back in the jungle and you get a package from from a supporter, sporting sure. church, you're thinking chocolate, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, something, you know. And so uh, my wife rips rips a package open and there's this crazy book, and it, I look at it, and it was some kind of encyc I forget the exact title, but it was some kind of encyclopedia of Pokemon and their attributes or something like that. Huh. And so uh, I thought, good night. You know, of all the things. No chocolate? No, no chocolate. If you're going to send me a book of cartoons, make it the Roadrunner or, you yeah, know, Bugs yeah, Bunny right. or somebody. But uh, it's Pokemon. But there was a letter in the book. So we opened the letter and they said, Dear Mike, um, our church is really struggling right now over this cartoon. And we as a church heard Bautista Shoefoot. He was in our church last year. And everybody was really impressed with his spiritual discernment. So would you show this book to him? Because we're almost splitting as a church, the letter went on to say. We're almost splitting because half the church believes it's a harmless toy. The other half believes it's something not quite right. It's a little bit sinister. 
and they're bothered by by the this 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 toy or cartoon or movies. So would you? We have decided as a church that show this book to Bautista, and we'll abide as a church with what he what he says. Mm-hmm. And that you know that was kind of shocking a little bit, but it was a little bit more interesting than than just a book of ugly cartoons. Yeah. So so I uh, I said okay. We had a group that was right there. Don Shire at that time was bringing down three or four uh, short-term mission groups a year. We were trying to rebuild our village. We'd had a flood come through and had just destroyed our entire uh, village, mission complex, everything. So we were rebuilding about two miles inland. And and, uh, so we were extremely busy. So I... I said, okay, well, I'll do it later on after I, after, you know. And so after about two weeks, the group left and and uh, um, Kayla, I was in, actually in the, we were in our dining room. I was sharing a cup of coffee with Bautista and we're talking and Kayla remembered the book and she ran upstairs, brings this book down. She said, hey, don't forget this book that you're supposed to go over with, uh, with, with Bautista. So I said, uh, oh, okay. And I did not give him one bit of history. I didn't say, hey, there's a church wants to know this. They want to, you know, I didn't say anything. I just flipped the book open uh, at, a, at a picture. And I said, Bautista, what do you think of this? And he looks at it, he says, boy, he said, I haven't seen him in a long time. That's so-and-so. And he gave me a name in Yanomamu. Well, I'm reading the, the name of this little cartoon character in the book, and it's a direct translation of the name that Bautista just said in Yanomamu. Now, now he has never seen this. He has never seen He's this book. He's never heard of Pokemon. Never heard He's of Pokemon. Never, he just gave you a response. He gave me a response based on his experience in the spirit world when he was a shaman. And he knew that little being's name. And it was a, the name he gave me was Yanomamu. The name I'm reading is in English, but it's a direct translation wow. of the name in in, that Bautista is saying in English. And then he says, this is a nasty little thing. He says, it's always biting and scratching and screeching and clawing. And I'm reading the attributes. And Dave, I kid you not, it was it was biting and scratching and screeching and clawing. I mean. Now, did, did he read English so he could have read one, it? Not one. He never oh spoke goodness. not one word of English or of, I mean, or read or So he or couldn't spoke. have read it. He could not have read it. No, so I, I thought I thought I thought to myself, uh, I may have even said it to Kayla. I thought, boy, that's a coincidence. So I flipped to another page, and again, this the same thing. And he did that two or three times. So he g- gives me the name. The name is a direct translation, and he gives me the attributes. And it's I mean, it's his his attributes for that little cartoon thing are spot on. And now there was a few that are some that he said I I never saw him. I don't right. I don't know him. But he said, you have to understand, there are so many of these things. They're always underfoot. And, and uh, he said, these are the ones that first get the children interested in the spirit world. Wow. And Kayla heard that, and she ran upstairs and, and brought our youngest son, Stephen, down. He was probably, I want to say, about thir- 12 or 13. Sure. And his sister had sent him a VHS. His, his aunt, my sister, had sent him a, uh, a VHS tape of, of, the, of cartoons. Pokemon cartoons. I didn't even know they had those. I did. Well, you know, I'm dating myself. They obviously here. did. Yeah, and so, uh, so Kayla had even told me. She said, "Mike, I don't like that tape that your sister that your sister sent. When 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 Stephen watches it, he just he just uh, he he's, he's not my sweet little Stephen. You know." She said, "I don't like what 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 it does." But 
she wanted me to look at it. I was busy. I didn't get to it yet. Now we're look, listening to Bautista talk about these beings as being being demon beings. And so Kayla runs upstairs and brings Stephen down. And you could tell from his face that he did not want to listen to a single word bet. That, that we were going to say. I mean, he, his face was so closed. It was so, you know, he just, okay, he had to come down, but he didn't have to really pay attention, you know. Yeah. So I didn't say anything to him. I just flipped the page again. I said, what about this one, Bautista? Oh, and he gives me the name. And Stephen can read the book page where I'm sitting. And, and it's, a, again, a direct translation. And Bautista tells us his attributes. And you could just see Stephen start, his heart starting to melt. Yeah. And he did that three or four times. And Stephen turned around and went upstairs and came down and, uh, and brought the VHS tape down. And, and Kayla and him destroyed it right there in front of Bautista. And Bautista didn't know what they were doing. He said, well, what's he doing? Oh. And I said, on that tape, I said, we, didn't, we had no idea of this, Bautista. And then I gave him the history of why that book was there. And I told him about the church, about the church being sp almost splitting. And I told him that my sister had sent that tape to my, to my son and that we did not know that, anything. And so once Stephen heard that they were, they were demons, he didn't want it in our house. And I said, I don't want it in my house. Right. And so I said, they're destroying it. And, and uh, I said, so I'm, gonna, I'm going to go up now and I'm going to get my camera and I'm going to tape you talking about this Pokemon stuff. And I'm going to send that to that church. And we did. We, he, he went through different pages. And, and uh, again, he kept saying, there are so many of these things, it's impossible for one shaman, one witch doctor to have ever met them all. Wow. So there's a lot I don't know. Satan loves getting a foot. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And what really was interesting to me was he recognized those as the beings that, that get children. Right. And what is a Pokemon marketed to? Right. Children here in the United States. And so anyway, I sent, um, did a long write-up, sent it back to the church, and uh, kind of forgot about it because we're not involved with Pokemon right. at all down there in the jungle. Well, I got on Facebook in probably 2010, something like that, and <laughs> excuse me, Pokemon was a was a big a big deal. Right. So, I remembered that article. I went back, edited it down some to make it short enough to post on 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 Facebook, and I posted it. And my greatest shock, my greatest surprise was in seeing the amount of pushback I got from Christians, and not only from youth leaders, were the, were the most vocal people pushing back against what Bautista said. And I finally just said, hey, I said, I'm not the expert. I, I have no ax to grind in this. I said, if I'm out in the jungle, if you're following me, and, and we're walking down the jungle trail or whatever, and, and, uh, and I see a snake, and I warn you, if that, snake, if that snake bites you, it's for different reasons, not that I didn't warn you, because I did warn you, right. but either you ignored my warning, either you were too slow to heed my warning, or whatever, you were careless. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, I, I would love people, uh, we could talk forever, but I wanted to get an address again of where they can get books that uh, you have written about these different adventures and know that any profit goes to the, the Indians at this point, the, or the, the tribal people. The address for the books is Mike, Dawson Books, Mike Dawson Books, yes, dot com. Okay. And and um, I might add the book that that Pokemon story is in is by faith, not by sight. All right. Well, thank you, Mike. I so appreciate your time, and um, I hope that those that are listening will 
prayerfully consider uh, getting to know who you are, supporting you getting those books, and being a part of God's work here. Uh, this is Dave Wager with Younger Older from Silver Birch Ranch. Goodbye for now.